Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. Hey, thank you. So glad to be here this morning. And let me say this. I love this church. You guys are doing a great job. Yeah, seriously. I love this church. Holy cow. Pastor Bob, Pastor Dave, you got good pastors. You got good staff. These men love Jesus, and they love you. And you guys are just doing a fantastic job. In the middle of New Jersey, even, you guys are making Jesus' name known. Excellent, just wonderful, and you guys are doing a great job just being here this morning. You rolled out of bed, awesome. You guys are succeeding already. You got your pajamas off, you're here on a Sunday morning ready to worship Jesus. Just a wonderful morning. I'm so thankful for just being here. Good job being here, and just so much going on. Isn't it amazing how much is going on in today's world? Just so many things. I don't even have to mention it. You guys all know what I'm talking about. So many things that could cause us not want to not want to get out of the bed on a, any morning of the week. So many pressures, so many difficulties, so many people out there who have needs, real needs. You know, Monday morning's coming. Think about this, this question. Put this one up here. Wouldn't it be amazing if this is the way that your friends saw you, where they would say, how is it amidst all that is going on around you that you're not living in fear? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful if that's how people saw Christians? That there was no fear. That we had peace. They had peace that surpasses understanding. That would guard our hearts and minds. We all know though, right? Not every morning do we roll out of bed with that peace. Wouldn't it be great if you rolled out of bed and you're like, yeah, peace, satisfying day in life and world. If you're anything like me, that's not the case. I need some help. You know what I'd like to tell us all? We all need therapy. Let's just, let's just, you know, we need, <laughs> we got some claps going on there. We all need therapy. Let's just, let's just admit it. We all need some help. We all need spiritual therapy, really. That's what this passage is going to be about in Philippians. Philippians 4. It's going to be about spiritual therapy. We all need it. You know, if you went to a literal therapist... The literal therapist, you're probably, you'd probably go there because you're not experiencing peace. You're in distress. You're having some sort of depression, anxiety. And what the therapist does is helps maybe root out wrong thinking, helps root out wrong habits in your life, and tries to give you good and healthy habits. That's what we're going to see in this passage. Not from a therapist, a human therapist. We're going to get some direction from the guy who made us, God. He's going to give us direction on how to have peace that surpasses understanding. He's going to give us some pretty, some pretty clear direction on good habits that we ought to have as believers. It's, going to be a, it's a fantastic passage. If you read much of your Bible, this one might even be up on your wall someplace. Philippians 4. Let's read it, Let's read it together. Philippians 4, 1 through... Eight, I think we're going to hit. Let's take a look at it. It says, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat Eudea and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. 
Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God is what we want, which surpasses all understanding. We'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Peace that surpasses understanding. Hallelujah. That's what we want. We want to wake up. We want to experience this week. We want to walk out of these doors today and experience this peace. But it's not a given. It's not a given. So let me tell you about my wife's family a little bit. This family, they're, they're wonderful and they're so talented. Where everything seems to come easily to them. Now, let me tell you about her brother, her older brother, Mark. This is out in Minnesota. And uh, I get to go out to Minnesota and play on all his toys all the time. He's motorcycle and jet skis and all this and snowboarding we go, and he's the sort of guy that everything just comes naturally to him. And so we went snowboarding one year, and he's there like learning right with me how to snowboard and like teaching me as we're learning together because he just learns it, and I'm not even sure how he does it. He's like snowboarding moguls. You know what moguls are? On snow, it's really hard to do. And he's like, Rob, Rob, just believe in yourself. Just lean into it and do it. Come on, let's go into these trees. And snowboard now. I'm like, all right, all right. He just naturally does it. The guy gets on a motorcycle and he makes it to the, you know, speed vision. He's that sort of guy. Puts me on the back of the boat and he's just like dragging me around the lake. Just teaching. He just naturally has this like coordination. You put a golf club in his hands and like a minute later he's hitting like driving it as far as you possibly can. And I'm hacking it off all different directions. I look at this guy and he just has this natural ability, like coordination. Wouldn't it be amazing if we as believers were known for having this natural, this supernatural peace that people would look at us and be like, how do they not have any fear? How are they so just resilient and calm amidst everything happening. That's what God has to offer us. That's what this passage is talking about. We all need therapy, though. See, there's a difference. It's the peace of God. That preposition is very, very important. Because if you want the peace of God, you need another preposition first before we can even have that conversation. You need peace with God. So before we could even talk about peace of God, I need to address peace with God. Reminds most of you what peace with God is, but explains to some of you perhaps some misconceptions. We started out in Philippians 4.1, and we're building on this series that Pastor Bob has been going, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Therefore, what's it there for? It's building on the grace that we have. On what Christ is, who Christ is. And what, and Eddie, beautiful, where's Eddie at? Beautiful testimony, Eddie. It's coming to terms, just understanding who Jesus is. Okay, if you're sitting here, let me, let me challenge you all a little bit, whether you know the Lord or not. But if a friend walked up to you at work, let's talk about peace with God. 
and a friend asked you, they said, hey, I know you go to this wonderful church in Central Jersey called Millington Baptist. I know you go there. I want to become a Christian, and I don't know how. And you had to answer them. Would you know what to say? It's pretty simple. It's pretty basic. If you're sitting here right now, and your answer, be honest, if your answer to your friend would be, go to church, be a good person, do unto others what you'd have them do to you, read your Bible, help little ladies across the street, don't say the F word. If that was your answer to what it means to be a Christian, I have to tell you that's the wrong answer. That is not the right answer. The right answer is simple. It's forgiveness through Jesus. That's what Eddie was talking about. If you were to ask me four main points, I'd say you could break the gospel up, what peace with God is talking about, into four main ideas, what Christianity is all about. Number one, it's a relationship, not a religion. That addresses that first thing. It's not about being good. Being good comes later. It's a relationship with the God who created us. He created us. He created us in the garden. When we were in the garden, we had peace with God. We were originally intended to have peace with God. Something went wrong. The fall. We turned our backs on God. We created a major problem. Then God had to resolve the problem. What's the good Sunday answer? Who resolved the problem? Come on, let's all say his name together. Jesus. Good. Everyone gets a good gold star. The fourth part, don't forget, don't miss this. If you're sitting here right now, it's not just enough to understand this. Indiana Jones understood all of this. But Indiana Jones never made a personal decision to believe it. So peace with God. If you want peace of God, we can't even have that conversation until you have peace with God. Peace with God is you individually. Your parents can't make this decision for you, young adults here and youth. This is your decision. That's what Eddie was saying. Husbands, if you're sitting here and you're like, oh, that's, this is my wife's faith. She, I'm good because my wife goes to church and she's bringing me. No, she can't make that decision for you. This is everyone's personal decision. You all have your own decision to make. It's a relationship. God loves you. We have a problem. We sinned. And there's a fallen world. Jesus is the answer. We all have a decision to make. And if you've made that decision, there is peace with God. Amen. So we could have that conversation now about peace of God. Amen, amen, amen. That's why I'm a pastor right now. Not because I'm trying to get to heaven, but because he changed my life. That's why I gave everything up, to follow him. And we all have our own individual journeys. You have your own journey. You have your own journey. Peace with God was in the garden. We were designed to have peace with God. And if you know Jesus, you have peace with God. Peace of God is not necessarily going to happen, though. That's what we're going to get to in a second. Peace with God was in the garden, but there was this great fall. The apple, Adam and Eve, a turning, a rebellion. When you fall, you break things. That's what happens. A few years ago, let me tell you, it's a funny story because she's sitting here right now and she's alive. But uh, let me back up a little bit. I got, this, I got this disabled son. I'll tell you about him in a minute. But part of his disability, he's missing his corpus callosum. He's still in diapers and changed a lot of diapers. 
And every morning, oh, dark 30, you get up and you got a diaper to change. And so to make light of it, I chose to turn it into a game where I would take the dirty diaper, I'd put it in a plastic bag. And, you know, we live in a colonial house and I'd take the dirty diaper and I'd try to throw it down the hallway and bank it against the wall and have it roll down the stairs. Sounded like a fun idea, right? Yeah, of course, you know what happened. Dark in the morning, I'm helping him down the stairs, holding on to the one railing. Pitch dark, my wife comes down, my beautiful, lovely, resilient wife comes down and probably three quarters of the way up the stairs. And she just has nothing to catch herself up. And it's like slow motion watching her just head first down the stairs. She's here, so everything's fine. I thought she died. I literally thought she died. She hit so hard. And then this beautiful woman just starts laughing in pain. Does anyone else do that? Like, I don't know how she does this. This is like her family as well. When you're in really bad pain, you start laughing maniacally. And she's laughing at the bottom. So at least she's alive, but she's in terrible pain. She knocked her shoulder out of joint. And she's, she's laying on the bottom of the stairs without her shoulder in joint. It was not a good morning. She's like, get the kids to school, then we'll deal with it. And so she stays. It's like, okay, yes, ma'am, whatever you say, I'll do whatever you say. We get her to the hospital after this great fall and anesthesia. They finally get her shoulder back in joint. The fall was remedied, but she still needed physical therapy. Because if she didn't have physical therapy, her shoulder would continue to pop out of joint. We have peace with God. He put our hearts back in the right place. That's what Jesus did. But we need to continue to have spiritual therapy day by day. That's what this passage is about. Spiritual therapy. Because without spiritual therapy, your hearts tend to come out of joint if there was a joint for the heart. And we start not experiencing peace. We start experiencing depression and anxiety, but thank God we have the power, and he's given direction on how to get our hearts back in joint, so you can experience peace. That's what this passage is about. It's not a given, though. He has to give us direction on how to have peace. Are you ready? You're like, all right, Pastor Rob, I get it. I know I don't have peace. You don't have to convince me anymore. I know I need therapy. We all need therapy. What's it say? What's it say? Okay, let's take a look. Let's see what it actually says, what God tells us. Amazing. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Rejoice. He says it twice. Rejoice, rejoice. Not just once, twice. We need to hear it twice. Rejoice. It's an imperative. You know what an imperative is? It's a command. This isn't a suggestion. This is God commanding us twice to rejoice. 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 Let your reasonableness. You guys know when your hearts are rejoicing, you're more reasonable to the people around you. You know your emotional state. You're able to deal with people and and give life to other people. But when I say command, if I say think of God's commands, I I I would guess that most of us, when we think of God's commands, They're ones that are a little bit more difficult, 
ones that are like, oh, I, got, I have to do this. It's not that I really want to, but I have to give, you know, tithe to the church, right? Give money. It's, they're more difficult things sometimes. But think about the nature of this command. It's not the do, don't, you know, stop having fun commands. It's the rejoice. God is giving us a command, something that we all want. He's commanding you, rejoice. When we're rejoicing, we're remembering our salvation. When we stop and rejoice, you need a good habit of remembering that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Rejoice, rejoice is not onerous. It's a delight. Look at this quote from Charles Spurgeon. I love it. What a gracious God we serve. Listen to this. Who makes delight to be a duty and who commands us to rejoice. Should we not at once be obedient to such a command as this? He has intended that we should be happy. Amen. Amen. You know, you, you know some people who rejoice a little bit easier than others, right? My son, let me tell you about my son. Learn a lot from him. If you have a disabled person in your life, they have so much to teach us. So my boy, Trey, is his name. Robert III. So it's a nickname. He just turned 19. Uh, no, no, no. He's going to turn 20 in a few months. But he just graduated from high school. Trey was born without his corpus callosum. That's the part of the brain that connects the two hemispheres. So it's like you and I have Firewire. He has a dial-up connection. Still in diapers, like I said, still nonverbal. But this kid has joy. It's such like a difficult set of emotions as a father. But as I've watched him, if he were in the room, he, had this, he stayed home this morning, he slept in and his older sisters got him. But if he was in the room, he would be up meeting each one of you. He'd be walking around right by my side. This kid has joy. He could just trust that his mother and father have everything under control. Not a care in the world. He trusts in his parents. I think he's also a believer, by the way. I can't tell, but you should see how much he loves worship. They're on the worship side. He'd be right up here if, if I didn't stop him, and he's always there. But he just trusts that his parents have everything under control. When we rejoice, we're trusting that God is in our lives. We're trusting in God as our Father. We're trusting in Jesus. We can rejoice. Really, nothing else matters, does it? We have Jesus. We can rejoice. That was our first imperative. Our next one is relax. Let's take a look at this. It doesn't actually say relax, but I thought I'd say relax in here just so it's memorable. It says, don't be anxious. That's pretty close, right? Maybe that's what it should say in the English when you translate the Greek. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. We need to rejoice and we need to relax as well. It's a lie. Let me tell you a lie. A lie is that in order for you to be a good adult, a responsible adult, you need to worry. That's a lie. You need to be anxious. If you want to be responsible, you better be anxious. That's a lie. That's not true. Men, listen, men. You got so many things on your shoulders. To be a good dad and a good husband and to work hard and make money and manage your home. And if you're leading in the church in different ways. You ever read the Bible passages where it talks about leadership in the church? Like, holy cow, the weight of responsibility that we have. 
as men that are just on our shoulders. And we think it's going to help us by being anxious. God tells you, relax. Relax. And it's also funny, if your buddy walks up to you and sees you're stressed out, what's like the worst thing for them to say to you? Just relax, dude. Like, why don't you just relax? Like, I'll give you a relax. It's like you kind of, you don't walk up and tell, so when I'm telling you all to relax, relax. I'm not just your buddy up here saying this. I'm reading from God's word. God is our friend, yes, but he is not our peer. God knows how you were designed. He knows that anxiety is killing us. He knows it. He knows all the medical studies. Have you guys ever heard that if you take an animal and you put it in an environment that makes it anxious, it will never, the, the environment will win, will win. The animal will die. If you take us and we stay anxious, especially the older you get, the more you're familiar with these studies, aren't you? That all these medical conditions, coronary heart failure and tumors and you know, depression and all the life-threatening diseases, they all go back to anxiety. You don't think God, our creator, knows that we're not supposed to be anxious. And he's commanding us. He's just like, stop being anxious. Relax. Rejoice. Relax. I got a buddy who's got Crohn's disease. And as I was talking to him about this, he said, Rob, I had to change my life around because I knew the main trigger for my Crohn's disease was anxiety. And whenever I'd get anxious, Crohn's disease would flare up. So I had to make some major shifts. And I was like, bro, that's, that's an act of God that he showed you that because at least you have something that's stopping you. Like it's forcing you to like make some changes in life so you're not anxious. The rest of us who don't have that, we're slowly dying. We're slowly dying of this anxiety. The God who made us knows that you're not supposed to be anxious. He's commanding us, rejoice. He's telling us to relax. When you rejoice, you're remembering that you have Jesus in your life. When you relax, you're remembering that Jesus has control over your life. We need these good habits in our life, this spiritual therapy of rejoicing and relaxing. Let's read this last verse here. This is really what we wanted to get to, right? The supernatural peace. Let me read it nice and slow. I wish I sounded like Morgan Freeman. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the peace of God can't you almost weep reading this, that you want it so badly? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is a supernatural peace. This is not two steps of self-help. This is not where many of you are high performers, living in Basking Ridge, you know how to keep things organized, where you could just give yourself two more to-dos on your task list. Oh, did I rejoice today? Check. Did I relax today? Check. Oh, I did it. That's not what this is. This is a supernatural peace that goes beyond understanding. Another lie is that you think you need to understand everything. That's another lie we're being told. 
This supernatural peace, when, you're walk, when you have peace with God and you're walking in the power of his spirit, you're going to have this supernatural peace that you can't even explain. Sometimes, not this church, sometimes read, people read the Bible as though it's a book uh, just there to help my life be better. The point of Christianity is for me to have a better life. There's a hint of truth in there, but mostly it's lie. The Bible isn't a book of therapeutic ways to make your life better. But there are real things in the Bible where God has in store for you better things. And this is one of them. It's not a given that you're going to have peace of God every day, but he wants it for you. God knows who you are. He designed you. My challenge for you this week is that you would remember to rejoice and you'd remember to relax in God's spirit. He's the guy. God's the guy who made you. It's his spirit that hovered over the waters at creation. It's his spirit, according to Romans 8.11, that rose Jesus from the dead and he'll bring life to your mortal bodies. This is going to be a supernatural peace that may not even make sense because it's a peace that comes from his spirit. That's how it's going to be that people will look at you and say, how do you have peace amidst all the craziness going on in your world? And we have that available to us. I want to leave you with an illustration. We got the illustration up there. Just wait for it. There we go. It's a metronome. It's almost like a heartbeat where our hearts have gone out of joint and we need spiritual therapy to get them back in joint. We need to remember rejoice for everything Jesus did on the cross for your sins daily. And we also need to relax Remember that God's in control of your life. He's got your future in his hands. You need to rejoice. And relax. And just sit here for a minute. Rejoice. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you did on the cross for our sins. Relax. We give them all. Give all of our cares in your hands, Jesus. Fill us with your spirit and empower us. Rejoice. Take a deep breath. Relax. Rejoice. Relax. Let's say it together once. Ready? Here we go. Rejoice. Relax. One more time. Rejoice. Relax. Oh, Lord, we thank you so much that we can rejoice. Thank you that we can relax. Thank you for everything you did on the cross for our sins. Thank you that we are commanded to rejoice. You're a good God and you love us and you know us and you command us just to relax. Pray that this afternoon and this week 
we'd walk with you, we'd practice rejoicing, and we'd practice relaxing. The whole world may know, and the whole world may see the supernatural peace that just surrounds us, and we'd point everyone to you for your glory. In Jesus' holy and precious name, amen.